Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Wow. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Let Love podcast. This is Sister Annie Maculay. This is Sister Veritas. And this is Sister Mary Grace. It's a joy to be with you. Week Such two of Lent. I can't believe it's already week two of Lent. I know. It flies by. It goes so fast. Sometimes it feels like it drags along too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, second week. Like it feels like it's week four. Yes. Yeah, Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, heading into week two, we started with the Transfiguration Gospel, which has many aspects to it, but one of them we were just kind of laughing about is a real expose of communication. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Beautiful communication, but we were just laughing about how many miscommunications we can have with one another, especially in yeah. the convent. Happens all the time. Sister was just uh, sharing with us a funny incident she had earlier <laughs> on in her religious life. I know. I I have to confess, I don't, I may have shared this story before in one of the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. I apologize if I am repeating myself, but it's one of my favorite stories. And the best stories you just want to hear again. I Definitely. know. It's like, true. Bring that one back. It's true. Yeah, it was when I was a postulant and I was cooking for the first time by myself on a, a Friday, which is a prayer day. So a day of silence prayer. You're kind of like you're on your own cooking mm-hmm. for the whole house. And so sister had left me like the instructions for the cooking for that day. And I saw on there, it said, um, it was like a salad bar, you know, and then it mm-hmm. said 40 eggs. And I was like, wow, that seems like a lot of eggs. <laughs> but I will be obedient. I'm going to mm-hmm. make 40 eggs. Way to go, so sister. I boiled up 40 eggs and I... Um, All in one pot? Yeah, yeah, one pot. Wow, that's impressive. And then I, I discovered a new way of like, instead of peeling each egg, you can just cut the egg in half and spoon out the... Yes. Egg, mm-hmm. you know, because it was, I, it was 40 eggs for, for egg salad. Mm-hmm. And so I did that 40 eggs and then I, <laughs> it was like massive bowl of egg, egg salad, yeah. egg mountain in a bowl. That's awesome. And I looked in the fridge and there was like this little bowl with like, you know, three leftover hard boiled eggs. I was like, or four. It's like, man, too bad. I can't actually fit them in this bowl. <laughs> oh, well, I'll leave a note for sister. <laughs> so I left a note. Sorry, I couldn't fit leftover eggs in the bowl of 40 eggs. <laughs> Anyway, and then after Friday, she's like, comes up to me. She's like, so um, the 40 eggs? I said, it's what you wrote. She goes, I didn't write 40. I said, yes, you did. See, four zero eggs. She goes, no, no, that's a capital L with a dash, not a dash. Like uh, a backslash? A backslash and a zero. That's- leftover, leftover eggs. That's the convent trays for leftover eggs. I was like, oh. <laughs> Like which was the four or the three or four on the which side. Which I didn't even use because I couldn't fit them into the mountain. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Miscommunication. Definitely. But it's it's so, it makes life exciting it happens. sometimes. Now you have a story to tell. I know. You've every other prayer day except that one. Exactly. It's <laughs> so true. It's amazing because even being an Australian, I don't even realize half the time when I'm miscommunicating. I mean, <laughs> I say words and some sisters just, you know, gently smile and nod at me. And then another sister's like, why did you just say <laughs> like what did you just say what does that mean like just recently in our house I yeah. think I was, yes uh, <laughs> that's it all the time it's great but recently I was saying I made a comment I was like oh that just threw a spanner in the works and I got the blank stare the you know <laughs> yeah. like you just spoke another language uh, which I kind of did but in Australia we you probably have a different term for it but when like something kind of gets thrown in that kind of mixes everything up or stops it from functioning we're like ah you throw a spanner in the works and it's all out which we eventually <laughs> 
discovered it means something totally different, right? Yeah, I think it, and here it means like throwing a wrench into something. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had never heard that phrase. It was like, huh. Yeah. What, what exactly do you mean? <laughs> what planet did you come from? <laughs> your capsicum for peppers? I mean, when I think of peppers, I think like the hot stuff, right? The things that burn your mouth. And then when I first entered the convent, it was like, hey, I'm having peppers for lunch. I was like, wow, I like heat, but that is bold. <laughs> these sisters, their penance is real. I'm going to get out. And I'm like, there's no flavor to these peppers. <laughs> so we call the peppers without heat capsicum. And wow. we call them bell peppers. Amen. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We've come a long way. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's a miscommunication. It's real. That's so cool. <laughs> that's great. But there's a lot of good communication in this passage that we read yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, is. And it is fascinating about when we speak about community and this theme that we're really mm-hmm. diving into this Lent is that how much communication has to do with living real community life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's key to it, actually. How mm-hmm. are we communicating to each other? Mm-hmm. How do we actually relate? It's cool. Yeah, it's it's really at the heart of a lot of mm-hmm. things. And, and even in this passage, it's really at the heart of this passage, mm-hmm. yeah, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, should we hop into it? Yeah, let's go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are communio. You are unity. You teach us how to relate to you. You teach us how to relate to one another. So, Father, we just open our hands before you, Father, and we thank you and we praise you for all the gifts that you are constantly pouring out upon us, especially the gift of your Son, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. And we just ask for more, Father, more of the gift of Jesus. And as we converse together, we just ask, Father, in Jesus' name, that you send your Holy Spirit just to open our hearts wider right now, soften our hearts to receive the word, the insight, whatever it is that you desire to give to us this episode. We just give you permission to come and we ask you to fill our hearts. We ask you to fill them with your peace with your truth. We pray especially for the courage to listen to a new word from you today. We just ask especially for Mary, a blessed mother, that she who never ceases to walk alongside Jesus, we just ask you, Mary, help us to walk with Jesus this Lent. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this is the Gospel of the Transfiguration for the second Sunday of Lent, which is Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, And his garments became glistening, intensely white, as no fuller on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking to Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here. Let us make three booths, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were exceedingly afraid. And a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen 
until the Son of Man should have risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Beautiful, sister. Yeah, it's a powerful passage. It's one of our favorites because actually we Mm -hmm. profess our final vows traditionally on the Feast of the Transfiguration, Mm -hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Read every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much more you can pull out of it. This is a new thought, but just as you were reading, what I loved, just as we look at this through, kind of like the lens of yeah, doing Lent together, just what it would have been like for the four of them coming down, having this shared experience. Just interesting that Jesus has asked them, okay, we just had a powerful experience together. We saw something that you've never seen before. I mean, sisters, we know what it means to hike a 14 or if this was anything like them, like it is tough and it's bonding and it's, yeah. and it's, and it's intense though. And you kind of have to choose every moment to go on and they have this deeply profound, yeah, experience together. And then Jesus at the end of it asked them, like, don't tell anyone what we've just shared, what we've been through together. And I just wonder what, how that would have affected their, their mission afterwards. Mm. You know, when you have like, you know, a shared experience together, you go vacation together or, or even just us living our lives at home, mm-hmm. there's a specific difference that I can taste when you then go out and do mission, when you're aware of a communio that's happened before that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. we have a shared experience and it almost kind of, even like when we go on campuses and we kind of, we can kind of sometimes get like totally sprawled out over I don't know, the dining room or like, you know, two sisters are in a meeting, another two sisters, another one. But we're kind of unified because we've done this work at home of staying together, mm-hmm. which just to me is just a beautiful way of the Lord showing how communion works too. And it's, I mean, I don't know the next time it was just the four of them together, but they had the shared experience and it kind of just imbues their mission afterwards that they have a memory that's intimate and memorable. Yeah. It's just a shared experience that affects them. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think it's so true. It's just interesting that Jesus wanted them to have that experience together. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't just call one of them to come Mm -hmm. and be with him, but it was like, yeah, like he calls them to encounter his glory together. Yes. It was so intentional on his part. And he invites, he actually invites more into the communio. Mm -hmm. He invites Moses and Elijah, right? So it's actually, it's five, you know, it's it's five of them, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even more because... It's like, yeah, heaven and earth is, I mean, with Moses and Elijah coming in, it's, it really is an experience of the communion of, of the church, you know, the church suffering, the church militant and the, the church triumphant, you know, there's this, yeah, it's, it's as if the heavens are open. I mean, the heavens do open and the father speaks, but yeah, it's, it's a real entrance into the fullness of the church and the communion of the church. Mm. And that's just such a word of hope too, because I think even as we labor here about like building communion and becoming aware of that in our own families and friends, it can kind of be discouraging sometimes when you're like, ah, oh, I lack that or we're not quite there yet. Or, I mean, yeah, who knows how much they were actually getting along, Peter, James and John at this point, but to almost like have this moment where they're kind of a, being awakened to the reality of a communion constantly going on in heaven. Mm. And actually this invitation is to allow that to be possible in our lives, but even when we fumble through it, that communion is happening. Mm -hmm. And the reality of the church, heaven's unified. Mm -hmm. They're all, I mean, listen, Elijah and Moses, they're conversing with Jesus freely, fully, constantly. They're nailing it, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) While we struggle and and figure out our way, it's like just to allow our hearts to have relief and hope that it is happening and we're invited into it. Yeah, Let it to come down. Look at it. Have a glance at it every now and then, but it is happening. 
Wow. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's cool. so nice. It's like we're invited into the conversation of heaven mm-hmm. at yeah. all times. Yes. It's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. pressure's off. Yeah, which is interesting. Jesus's own prayer, thy kingdom come. You know, it's like this is what we're asking for. That communion you promise, Jesus let it be reality here. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting that this happens right before the crucifixion, you know, yeah. right before the passion as Jesus distinctly turns towards Jerusalem. It's like, don't forget this memory that communion mm-hmm. is real. It's possible. Mm-hmm. And keep it center and hot. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so important. Yeah. And you just think of the intentionality of, of the Holy Spirit and the church in putting this reading here. Yes. This week to remind us. And I think I love what you were saying, actually. Could you just say more about that, about like rooting ourselves in that truth of being invited into the conversation of heaven? Mm. But also it's like reiterating like our identity as beloved in Jesus. It's just really striking to me that the first and second week of Lent, the church is holding out to us the two instances in the gospel where the father speaks over Jesus right. and calls him son. Yeah, and it's as if the church is holding out to us that this is really where Lent begins in this this identity of who you are as a child, as who you are as a part of a family, a greater family. It's like this awesome. this experience of the father saying, hey, you, <laughs> yeah, you belong to me um, and you're a part of my communion in heaven. You know, you're a part of this. So... Yeah, I think it just is striking cool. to me that the church is holding this out, mm-hmm. that to remember who Jesus is and remember who you are as your identity as you begin Lent. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's kind of like setting the scene for the Lenten journey. Mm-hmm. When we can, I think we were talking about it last week where you were saying it's so easy to think, oh my gosh, here we go, Lent. Like kind of pull up my straps, like get mm-hmm. ready. This is going to be a solo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be hard. I'm going to struggle. I know my own temptations. But immediately that's just completely abolished. Jesus yeah. is like, I'm going to, in the church's wisdom, I'm going to provide you with two heavy loaded communal gospel passages. This is not just about you. Wake up. There's another world going on. There's a bigger story we're part of. Yeah. And you are not alone. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so epic. It's literally, it's like, you are my child. Mm -hmm. You have a family and I want to talk to you. Let's talk. It's so cool. Yes. And that's like exactly what he's doing. You know, like Elijah and Moses appear and they're conversing with Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the father saying, listen to my son, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, yeah, enter in. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. Yeah. And the whole mission of Jesus, right, is reestablishing his kingdom on earth, like showing us what it looks like, giving us experiences of it, pointing to it, revealing it to us. And we were saying like last week too, like the whole mission of Jesus is communio. Mm-hmm. So even just in this passage, it's like, okay, like what is Jesus showing us about the heavenly life? What we're all headed to is that each of us are we're created for constant contact with mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That like, we don't just go to Jesus in a difficult time, even though it's prime time to go to him. <laughs> or in good stages, it's like, God is showing us that being in communion with Jesus and talking to him, conversing, which means a constant conversation, mm-hmm. is actually more natural and more authentic to our humanity than any other experience. We're wow. created for this constant conversation. Wow. You know, where am I? So it's like, the question is like, where am I not talking to Jesus? Wow. And interesting how Jesus goes straight to temptation, probably because that's the last place we talk to him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's the place that can be most vulnerable for me to avoid. It's like, I struggle with that. I, I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about that. It's too difficult to talk about. I'm ashamed to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like there. Talk to me there. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Because even like I'm thinking of the rules of St. Ignatius and discernment yes. of spirits. This is powerful. Whatever. I forget what rule it is. 10 or 13. Gosh, I should brush <laughs> up on this. But basically, it's like the enemy wants you to keep it a secret, whatever he's mm-hmm. whispering to you. Yes. 
And St. Ignatius is like, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. speak it aloud to someone else. And that destroys the enemy's power. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like this, like to to get in this habit of speaking aloud mm-hmm. to Jesus everything. Yes. And as you're saying, not to be ashamed, not to be yes. worried. Like, he wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like speaking to Jesus, it breaks the the burden of it, actually. It, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it loses temptation, darkness, evil, perversity, loses its impact once it's literally spoken to Jesus. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's something about bringing it to Jesus that, I don't know, it gives Jesus permission to deal with it. It's mm-hmm. no longer ours that we're striving with mm-hmm. or carrying on our own. It's like now Jesus can deal with it in a new way because we've brought it to him. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful that the father holds out listening to Jesus, that it's like, it's this two-way conversation where it's not just share your heart with Jesus, it's listen to him, you know, let him speak truth about your identity, about who you are, about these things that are keeping you trapped or feeling captive in some way. There's an invitation to really open your heart to see what he wants to say about those things. Cool. How beautiful that, yeah, the father holds that out to us. Yeah. And even Peter, like it says, you know, Peter replies to Jesus and then the father's response to Peter is listen to him. And listening takes, that takes a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think when we talk about communio, I know I can be quick to think of like, what am I bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I bring to this conversation? Or, you know, what gifts do I have? Which is important. But almost here, the father's like flipping on his head and he's like, you know, are you listening to what my son is bringing? Are you looking for him or even one another who we live mm-hmm. with? It's like, you want to build up communio? Take a step back and listen. Mm-hmm. Who's in that? You know, mm-hmm. It's hard to listen. It's so hard to listen, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. That's true. Yeah. But it's powerful when you actually like, I remember the first time I really experienced myself feeling like I was being listened to. Yes. It was like, holy smokes. Like it opened up new worlds in my heart. Oh my gosh. Like it, and, yeah. I mean, we always say like, you can listen a person into life, Literally. you know? And it's true. Yes. Because how many people, um, I mean, myself included, mm-hmm. like just have gone through life without being listened to. And then mm-hmm. what breaks open when that happens? New worlds in the heart. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this difference. It just, what you're saying reminds me of almost like Peter's replying to Jesus. Like, you know, they see something, he's like, now I reply. <laughs> but in heaven, the description is they're conversing with Jesus. And a conversation takes both a listening heart and a speaking heart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a relationship there. It's not just a, you know, Jesus isn't just waiting on this instant messaging that our culture is so used to. It's like, reply, now here's my response. Here's my email, have I replied? It's like, it's so much it's like anchoring on a deeper level of like, yeah, knowing someone and entering in not mm-hmm. to get something out, but really to get to know someone. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, the difference between replying and actually having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's night and day. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, sisters, I remember, gosh, in my own experience of, yeah, just trying to understand what real listening is. Uh, it's been a long journey for me, but I remember specifically uh, the first time I experienced our visitation mission. So as many of you may or may not know, our primary mission is that we we serve the sacredness of human life. So wherever the human person is at threat or their goodness is questioned, you know, our hearts are there to reveal the truth that no matter what happens or our experiences, that our, our sacredness is yeah, a worth beyond our telling. And God never looks past that. And we serve especially women who experience an unexpected pregnancy and are in need of support and love. And I'll never forget the first time I went, I was in Manhattan and my first experience of our visitation mission. And I was so overwhelmed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was just completely, yeah, just overwhelmed by the the reality of evil in the world uh, and how much yeah, suffering there is and uh, how difficult people's life experiences can be. And I remember one specific woman went into a meeting with another sister and hearing her story and 
yeah, my heart was really broken for her. But I also remember being completely blank inside. I was like, I have no idea how to help you. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. It was so overwhelming. And I remember mm. walking out of that meeting and pulling the sister aside and I'm like, I am not cut out for this. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea how to help her. Where do we start? Should we call this person, that person? And I'll never forget her response. It was so simple, but it really changed the trajectory in my heart. She just looked at me and said, sister, every woman that walks through our doors, she's not a problem to be solved. You know, we can't fix everything. We can't get to all her solutions. But every woman that walks through that door needs to know she's loved. Mm. And it was so striking to me because I, I mean, immediately in my own heart, I was like, oh my gosh, I might not be able to solve all her problems. And we don't. It's not about problem solving. But I can, I think I can love her. Mm-hmm. And it actually like repositioned my whole heart to be like, go in and love. Go in and love. And that's something that we're all capable of, mm-hmm. no matter what kind of conversations or difficulties we face. Like, are we asking the right question? Am I going here to fix this or am I going into love? Mm. Mm. That's so powerful, mm, sister. That's so beautiful. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it just really changes things, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like Peter. Like, he's like, I want to build three tents. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to make it. And, <laughs> yeah. and Jesus is like, um, well, then the cloud comes. But, so Pietro. <laughs> but basically, yeah, yeah it's kind of like, that's not the point. Mm. Like, receive me, receive mm. my love, receive my word, receive my conversation, listen to my son, you know? Mm. And he's just kind of like, yeah, settle down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. It's like that. It's so fitting and beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That love is like actually primary in the experience mm-hmm. that they had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it's just coming to me now. Like, I think listening is almost like the descent journey of coming down the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, like to love is like an active choice and we know where to go and it's like it's hard, but there's a different expression of love and listening. Mm-hmm. It's it's You still have to be all engaged, but sometimes it's harder to, yeah, make a choice to refrain from speaking or to put that other person before you and put aside distractions. It's like coming down a mountain, like you can't go too fast, but it takes a restrained effort to kind of just mm-hmm. go at the pace of the other. Yeah. It's true. It actually makes me think of, so I have a little sister, Teresa, Oh yeah, who I love so much. And I'm a lot older than Teresa. <laughs> but I remember when she was like two, um, I was, in, uh, was I in college? It was high school or college. Anyway, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would come down in the morning and mm-hmm. wake me up. And she's like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh, no, just a little bit more time. <laughs> she's so, so I was so tired. She was so excited. And she's yeah. like, can you tell me how how glass is made? Oh, oh, wow. I was like, oh genius. I'm like, you know, I was like, really? Okay, um, well, they take sand and they melt it at high temperatures. Is that really and true? And they pour it into a mold. Yeah, but something like that. So that, And that's how glass is made. She's like, wow. And then, like, you know, one minute later, she's like, can you tell me again how glass is made? And I was like, um, let's play a game. Who can be the quietest? <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> I know. Just want a couple more seconds of sleep. It's but awesome. it's so sweet because it's like this, yeah, engaging in conversation and and having this restraint to listen, you know, yes. and coming down and to love and to, and to reflect back. So I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. mornings I... We went over and over again how glass, glass is made, <laughs> which is amazing. And I sure hope I was right. I think I was right. <laughs> but it's beautiful. But it's yeah. like we want that. We want that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, And it's just so beautiful to think that God wants to talk to us. Mm-hmm. How often do we ask, you know, am I listening to God? How do I hear his voice? But just to almost pause in that question and be like, God's desire to communicate to us. 
Mm. It's interesting if the father is literally commanding us, like, listen to my son. What is he saying? My son is trying to talk to you. Mm -hmm. He's trying to speak to you. He has things to say to you. He Mm -hmm. has so much to say to you. Would you just put your agenda aside, Peter? (laughs) Speaking to each one of us and be like, just listen. Mm -hmm. If you would just listen, how much you would hear, how much you would receive. I'm not asking you to build those tents. Pause and listen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing that there's a desire in the father that, yeah, wants us to be aware of what is coming toward us. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what it makes me think of Tell us, sister. is we went to this awesome like weekend conference run by Encounters School of Ministry, mm-hmm. um, which is really beautiful. It was co-founded by Father Matthias Salen, and they really have an emphasis on, on hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit and unlocking the spiritual gifts uh, in and through the Holy Spirit. And so this workshop we went to was on prophecy, but ultimately which is people think prophecy, like foretelling the future. and But actually, there's so much more richness to it than that. But ultimately, it's really about hearing God's voice, listening mm-hmm. to him speaking, and the words he wants to speak to your heart, but also what he wants to speak in you and through you to others. Yes. And actually being having the courage to to listen mm-hmm. and to to share what the Lord has, the word he's given on your heart to, mm-hmm. to those you're with. It was so powerful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of faith to believe that God actually wants to speak to you and speak Mm -hmm. through you. But I think that was one of my takeaways was like, wow, God actually is trying to communicate himself to me for my own sake, but for others as well. And he was saying often we can think of like our Christian experience, our prayer life is like me and God, that's it. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is like he's inviting us to like, yes, we need that individual prayer of solitude within the heart. But he's inviting us to even more than that. We're actually Mm -hmm. our our spiritual lives are intermeshed with those of mm. of our family, the church. And mm-hmm. actually he wants to speak words in and through us to others and, and not just in the silo necessarily of silent prayer. Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just, I mean, the one Sorry. thing that I remember from it too was like, this is the whole gift of Pentecost mm. is that the spirit was poured out upon everyone in a unique way, in a communal way uh, that gave us a new capacity to hear God's voice. Mm. Which is just exciting. And, you know, it's not for one or two or gifted this one or gifted that one or sisters or priests. It's like literally the whole church has been given a gift to hear God's voice. And it's cool because, honestly, it's the gift of the Spirit. I mean, we can learn tools of listening and engage them and teach each other and laugh at each other about miscommunication. But at the end of the day, the gift of hearing God's voice is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, again, I just I love the pressure relievers. And I feel like it's another one of the good news. It's like. Be at peace. This this is the Spirit's work. Let Him bring this gift out of you. Mm-hmm. Let Him bring this gift to fruition. What's the gift? I can hear God, mm-hmm. and God speaks to me. It's mm-hmm. bold, as you said. It's so much simpler too than we think. It makes me think of when you when you gave the um, cape to one of our sisters. Oh, sure, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was just such a great witness to me when you shared it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's. It can be so simple sometimes when mm-hmm. God just, mm-hmm. you know, gives us a thought or a word and it's like, wow, actually, maybe that's from the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're willing to share it. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting. I just, um, <laughs> we have these, uh, how do I describe it, monastic capes. Some some sisters do like, can, like we wear as like outer mm-hmm. gear. Not everyone has one though, and it's it's a desire for everyone to have one, but they haven't been made yeah, it's, it's a long story. But anyway, <laughs> um, but one sister in our house really, I really wanted a cape for like, 10 years years, mm-hmm. and I was just and I can't claim any credit in this I was literally just walking down the stairs one day and I, I had a powerful experience in my heart of like to give Sister Catherine Joy mm-hmm. the extra cape in the closet mm-hmm. that no one had claimed and she wouldn't have taken it herself and I just took it and put it mm-hmm. on her doorknob but I had a sense to do it right then and it was so powerful because then she later just shared it was like 
this huge desire of her heart that she'd been mm-hmm. praying for it. She'd been hoping and even recently hoping, hoping for it, hoping to ask for it. And and it was just, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can claim no credit, mm-hmm. but it was just like this impulse on my heart that I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But I like how powerfully the spirit was working in that and how humbly to be part of that, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just super cool. But he like, he does like things like that all the time. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That we have a capacity to hear God, but that he actually entrusts things to me for someone else. Exactly mm-hmm. like that. And actually that, like that movement of you to sister about that, it's like, I can only imagine like the effect of like, yeah, unity within the house mm-hmm. of like, oh my gosh, that sister noticed me or she, yeah, she did something for me. It like, by effect, it brings us together. Mm-hmm. You know, these little acts of kindness. I, I can't tell you, sisters, the amount of times that a sister has, <laughs> we have this other little tradition that develops in the convent of yeah, just like slipping each other notes, kind of like the text message in the convent. You know, you want to make an instant message or just share something. And we obviously don't have cell phones. So the next best thing is get a little scrap piece of paper and uh, share it to a sister. But I can remember countless times where a sister wrote a note of encouragement or just a good word or just, hey, I see you or thought of you today. That literally has changed my night to mm. go back to my cell and actually see that and and lift my spirit. And it's one, it's like, oh, that's kind, that's friendly, but there is a power to it mm. that can be released mm-hmm. um, just by, yeah, as you were saying, like simple but real acts of kindness and actually listening to these inner little promptings of mm-hmm. kindness and mm. and unity and love is their effects can be powerful and deeply unitive mm-hmm. and to actually, yeah, give them a chance to speak. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think the amazing power of those acts mm-hmm. of kindness and like the listening to the Lord is that it's actually drawing all of those things are going to draw you back, draw us back to that reality of this is my beloved son. Mm-hmm. Right. It draws us always back to our identity in him and our call to him. Mm-hmm. Sorry. His call to us. Yes. Yes. That we're seen, that we're known, that we're cared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's, there's someone listening to our heart mm-hmm. and wants to respond. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and wants to be in conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Jordan Peterson was talking recently about how you learn about something, even just biologically as humans, how we process information. And he was saying something along the lines of like, you know, you can read about something, you go to lecture, you can listen to something, but you actually can't understand something until you talk about it. Mm. Which is just interesting, even in it as we discover the mysteries of God and we get to know each other and grow in relationship with those in our lives. I mean, we can know information, facts about each other. We can know people's social media accounts. We can know what they did in life, what their degrees are. But you really can't begin to like really understand and get to know each other until we actually literally talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and we, I mean, we see this, we see this at threat on campuses today, right? Yeah. You know, we go to college it's campuses so and we could count on our fingers, Oh, no, sorry. We can count on our hands. That's not an Australian terminology. We can count on our hands the amount of people that don't have what we're wearing right now, big headphones on, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it's this big shut door to communication mm-hmm. uh, and how hard that is. But it's like, we're actually keeping ourselves from the one thing we need, mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. to be in it together. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, but it, you know, what's so interesting is yeah. I, I find like, yeah, there's like earbuds are like this phenomenon on campus. Everybody has them. Yeah. And it's hard to engage conversation because people in their own world. But it's amazing. We recently just sat down with one young man at a table on a campus. Yeah. And he had earbuds in. We're like, hi, how are you? And I just started to talk, you know, and he kind of like took one out. And then we started talking more and more and more. And he took the other one out. And it's like, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's like, we want to be encountered. We want to be in conversation. We want to be listened to. And sometimes we need someone bold enough who's going to push through the barrier that we've put up. In a, in a kind and loving way, but to invite us into that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's such an example of, of the transfiguration here of, of Jesus mm-hmm. inviting them into this. Um, yes. But it just, yeah, just an encouragement to like, 
not be afraid to start conversations with people. Amen. Um, even people who quote unquote seem like they're, they're shut off to conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's vulnerable, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Very being much. willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good word, sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this has been so beautiful. I don't know if you all have challenges for the week as we head forward in this upcoming days. You know, one of my favorite uh, homilies that our founder, Cardinal O'Connor, gave to pro-life is to kind of encourage them. He would say to them, which really struck me, very simple, but he said, whatever you do in pro-life ministry and whatever ministry involved in, whatever you do, don't stop praying. Mm. And I just thought it was so striking that that was so important to actually just keep this conversation with Jesus going in your life. And it really has been such a a conviction in my own heart uh, and really a, a challenge that I feel myself drawn to this Lent as well is to just ask Jesus to show me the places in my heart where I've stopped talking to him Mm. uh, and actually start a conversation with Jesus. So if there's something about our lives, you know, whether it's a difficult thing or even a hopeful thing that I've kind of just had a monologue to myself about, (laughs) like allow, if Jesus shows us what those things are, just allow a conversation to begin. Mm. Even if it's a matter of like, hey, Jesus, I want to talk. I don't know how, but I want to talk to you about something. Mm. That's awesome, sister. Yeah, That's I love such that. a great challenge. That's beautiful. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have a challenge. Cool. Um, just, yeah, as we kind of going through this season of like the purpose of Lent is communio ultimately. Mm-hmm. And today talking about listening, I just encourage you actually, we have an awesome series that we did in collaboration with the McGrath Institute of Notre Dame um, called the Into Life Series. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and it's it's awesome. It's free. It's an online series. It's a lot of it is just how to understand the heart of, of a woman who's pregnant and in crisis, and how to walk with her in love, and women who have suffered after abortion. But part of the series is the three last videos, ten, eleven, and twelve. They're about like an average of like ten to 15, 15 minutes each. It's about listening, how to reflective mm-hmm. listen. I would highly encourage you and challenge you to look into the that. game changer. Changed it, my life. It actually did. It, me too. Mm-hmm. I literally, until I went through that training, I was like, yep. I never listened before to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so true. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And now it, it literally has changed my yeah, life. Like, my- yeah, no, I totally agree. That not only like awakens a new way, but it actually gives you practical steps of like how to. Yeah. I found that so helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how to reflect back what you're hearing and words, posture. Yeah. Body language, tone, all of that. It literally is a game changer. So I just encourage you, look it up, intolifeseries.com. Mm. You have to fill out like your name and email and what diocese you're in or something, but it's all free. Um, but I would look it up, spread the word. It is amazing yeah. for increasing communio and actually um, changing and even healing relationships. Awesome. Amen. That's my challenge. Love it. Make me Love. want to rewatch I was going to say, I want to go watch it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think what's coming to me, and it's it's tagging off of um, yours a little bit, Sister Mary Grace, but just maybe just an invitation um, for a little bit more silence this week. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're talking about listening to the Lord, you know, maybe God is inviting you to take the earbuds out, you know, while you're walking from place to place mm-hmm. or awesome. turn the radio off when you're driving to work. Um, yeah. Is there a little pocket of time where you could maybe say um, for 10 minutes every day this week, you're going to enter into the silence um, of communication with the Lord and just allow space for God to speak and communicate his love to you. So just hold that out as a beautiful way to encounter God in this time. Beautiful. Wow. Well, it's been such a gift to be with you. I think, should we close in a prayer? Yeah, it sounds Sounds great. Okay. Name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for the gift of being your children. We thank you for your word to us, that you desire to communicate yourself and your love to us. We ask you, Father, for a widening of our hearts this week, 
to be able to hear you, to be attentive. We pray, Lord, that you would light up areas in our heart where we are perhaps avoiding communication with you. We pray, Lord, that you might highlight places in our own families, workplaces, friendships, where we're struggling to listen and to receive. And Lord, we just ask for the grace uh, to share in your heart, which is always open, always listening, always available, always full of love. And Blessed Mother, we entrust ourselves to you. We ask that we would receive Jesus more this week as you perfectly received him every moment of your life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, to the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a gift to be with you all. Amen. Such a gift. And, and next week, actually, we're going to have the joy of having Sister Lumen Glorie with Here us. Here we go. Yay. Which is so exciting. <laughs> it's going to get bigger. So we can't wait to introduce Definitely. Uh, Sister to you. And we love her so much. And just yeah. a treat for us to be with her. So Definitely. Let's look yeah. forward to That's great. We'll, we'll see you soon. God bless. Bye. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.